I'm so happy to have a very special guest with me today. Uh, we've been trying to get together for a long time. Scheduling has been tough in the middle of quarantine and everything else, but I'm so happy to have Josh Lee, the CEO of SWIT. Welcome, Josh. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Josh. Uh, I'm really greatly honored to be here. And I'm a daddy of three kids, Sally, Haley, and Sean, and a husband of my wife, Sarah, and a co-founder and CEO at SWIT. Yeah, we provide Enterprise Suite Work OS. It's an uh, employee productivity hub reformulated for collaboration essentials that seamlessly combine team chat with task management in one place, the two most frequently used functions of any team's daily workflows. So you can turn your conversation into trackable tasks and share tasks with full context into channels in a simpler way. You know, SWIT uh, is, I think, representative of the uh, new normal, the new way that people collaborate. Uh, I think in the middle of the pandemic, SaaS applications have taken off and uh, you've really benefited from that. And I think it's a great addition to Google Workspace as well. But when you founded this company, Josh, what was the uh, genesis of the idea? Like, where did the idea come from? Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for the good question. We found this suite in 2017. And we focused on the original human collaboration interface to see how things were going before the first generation of digital transformation or the first era of enterprise SaaS came to the industry. If you think about how people originally collaborated regardless of any technologies or tools, you'll find they had a shared goal for specific tasks and they always communicated in the whole process of getting it done together from setting milestones to tracking progress, strategizing to market and getting results. The point is conversation always happened before, during and after a collaborative task and getting things done together beyond communication had always to do with managing tasks. These two functions, chat and tasks, had always been with us as the inseparable basis for working together until virtual single function products fragmented our work into pieces. That's why we decided to build Suite, a whole new cross-category hybrid work tool that brings collaboration essentials in one place as oneness that goes beyond duality. So we could radically go back to the original way of working together, rehumanize work, which is a mission. And the mission is also about helping people to be better able to align uh, their personal goals to their company's big plans with transparency that a product is designed to create and that we believe is the most important virtue in the cultural design of all organizations. Think we spend more than 60% of our awake time at work. So communication and collaboration at workplaces is everyone's lifelong biggest portion of human social interaction. So we started SWEET to rehumanize work, the most meaningful employee experience that pushes the human race forward into the right place. I've never heard collaboration de described so eloquently and so deeply. Uh, that, that really makes a lot of sense. You're right. I mean, there's a lot of bespoke collaboration tools. Some integrate better than others, but uh, you're right. Like the reason we collaborate is because we're trying to get things done. That's really the true differentiated strategy and the product vision that SWIT brings to market. You know, you're, you're a software company and you're global, right? 
have you noticed any kind of different cultural differences in what customers in Southeast Asia expect versus North America versus Europe? Like what has been that experience as you're both localizing and globalizing the uh, strategy? Actually, we don't feel that much about the cultural differences because we are one globe and targeting global regions. And we started our business in the U.S. first. And actually, I moved to the Bay Area from Seoul, Korea a few years ago. But I have been spending most of my time building the product in Seoul. So actually, I didn't feel that any kind of difference between the cultural uh, things in uh, the U.S., the Bay Area, and the Korea. That's so interesting. I mean, that makes sense. Um, And I think more so we're all running globalized organizations that are bringing the best of different ideas and and, and from different parts of the world. Obviously, uh, the United States continues to be an amazing magnet for for companies and talent Mm -hmm. such as yourself. And it's nice to see that actually translates to a common pattern of sort of human collaboration you're seeing is represented by your software and your customers. That's pretty cool. You're a founder and you're building something from scratch. And I've been doing you know this as well at Sada for, for many, many years. I know that uh, management style, management strategy is really important with regards to not just executing on your vision, but attracting the right type of people to come into SWIT and to stay and to grow and to help, you know, uh, deliver on that uh, a vision that founders have. What do you think that, uh, how would you describe your style, your strategy in building both the structure and the culture within the organization you founded? Every time I think about the correlation between founders and its culture, the first thing that uh, comes to mind is that founders should be everywhere in the whole process of cultural design, not just for building it, for the first thing of the process, founding virtues uh, that the whole organization publicly cares about should be born naturally and very authentically from founders themselves. And they have to get culture, talent, fit specifications into detailed shape and build the right hiring profile so that all members can clearly uh, recognize which values uh, they are looking for. If the right people get on board through successful employer brandings, Uh, Founders or CEOs should turn their values and beliefs that could be too vague for practice into more actionable code of culture from their day one until it's engraved to every point of employee experience. The most difficult part for me was some codes had to be required and reinforced to be repeated to create a strong company-wide cultural cohesion, while some other codes had to be customized by each team for subcultures. It's quite natural considering workflows of software development teams can't be the same as the way marketing or sales design team work. There's another case. I had a hard time fine tuning our culture as a leader. Uh, As an organization grows, leaders are expected to build a new type of culture that celebrates adaptability for growth and sometimes promotes resilience for upskilling or reskilling. This is good, but the hard thing is they also expected to break some part of the existing culture with thoughtful intentions, of course, you know what I mean, or break up with those who get used to the previous culture and don't want to change, staying in their comfort zone. But what if they have 
unchangeable traits in their inborn natures, cutting for the previous culture, and just can't change. How sad would it be if champions had to live when a new culture had their innate characters, didn't match, was forced at a certain stage for the next goals? Is it okay for leaders uh, to assume their personal growth didn't keep up with their companies? Um, I don't think so. So uh, in this case, uh, we experienced those uh, set cases before, but I realized we must not sacrifice their purest uh, set, uh, cultural sincerity that made them um, consider the company's growth identical to their own. New goals require new virtues and who we hire can't be taken separately from what kinds of culture we want to create. Of course, there can be a huge gap between theory and practice, but this is exactly, I think, uh, when leadership should step in to fill the gap. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think my fundamental number one job has always been and continues to be thinking about and impacting and driving the best possible people experience you know, within the company. And I think that to the extent that uh, leaders are focused on that, I think that's what gives a company longevity and durability and sustainability. And I, and I think that, of course, culture evolves over time. And I think even that is not only reinforced, but also enhanced by the people that you bring in. We used to use the old term, which is like, are you a culture fit? You know, do you fit here? I think in the last few years, it's really been like, are you culture add? <laughs> you know, do you add to the culture here. And I think that's a more accurate uh, description of our hiring and growth practices. At the same time, I'm sure you're challenged just like us with, you know, the, the, the global demand for the types of people we're looking for, both of us, not just in engineering, but in all parts of the business, right? I'm sure, you know, uh, UX, UI, development, software, architects, infrastructure, marketing, sales, legal, like all parts has never been more and i think that's indicative of how much technology has gone to the forefront of everyone's strategy all, all of our customers all of our peers you know all the hyperscalers the fame companies you know everybody seems to be and has a demand for more people than there exist in the world <laughs> we're capable of doing this work how do you differentiate then how do you compete with that talent? Why do people come to, to SWIT versus um, somewhere else, which all the people you want have options, right? So how do you compete with that? Yeah, right. Oh, it's really uh, difficult questions. Uh, as I told you before, uh, who we hire is taken as the exact same as SWIT, as what kinds of culture we want to create. It's because we believe uh, culture could be defined as a sum of criteria for decision-making that comes naturally from the repetitive patterns of behaviors in that organization. So our talent specifications are aimed to make them decide with autonomy and behave more proactively with accountability as well. It's more than just a list of a few words that we can describe for uh, cultural talent fits like intelligence, diligence, humility, tenacity, creativity, learning, and unlearning, oneness, togetherness. Even though they are all important at suite, it should be more than that to drive actions and make them take ownerships and leadership in every important decision within the authorities uh, entrusted to them. 
We have recently built 12 uh, sweetness cultural codes of conduct. Maybe uh, if that is okay with you, I'd like to introduce them. We have 12 sweetness codes of conduct. Number one, rehumanize work from the inside out. Number two, we work for customers to make their missions come true. Number three, we care about the people working with our product. Number four, we break mediocrity and continue customer satisfaction. Number five, we take this job as an opportunity to do the best work of my life. Number six, we care about the people we are working with. Number seven, we optimize for the shared goals rather than for ourselves. And number eight, we always show up on time and respond timely. Punctuality matters all the time. And number nine, we work with an optimistic view of the future. Number 10, we encourage, we encourage bad news and focus on issues, not people. Number 11, we take leadership from everywhere. And number 12, we stay humble and hustling. These codes of conduct are the things I can best adhere to, I believe, and that I believe all the sweet teams' words and actions should be matched to. That's, uh, I'd love to post it when we post about this, uh, just so everybody can benefit from that amazing list. In the world of consumption and SaaS and subscription, the whole industry has moved to the metrics that matter and, and knowing really obsessively what's important to, to, to our customers. We will uh, not have successful businesses if our customers leave us. And for what I know about your data, I mean, your churn rate for SWIT is below 1%, which is, I mean, unbelievable uh, as a number, as a metric, like 99% plus retention on that. Like we have a big part of our business, the workspace business, our net churn is very, very, very low, but yours is lower. So. How do you do it? <laughs> yeah, uh, let me explain how we build that kind of product our customers really, really love. But before that, we build relationship with our customers beyond our interest. And we believe this is why we exist as an enterprise startup. And we always try to break media credit, as I told you, and continue customer satisfaction for everything. We call it problem-loving traits for we believe a solution for the past could be a problem for now. So our people, um, designers and developers, system engineers, and don't hesitate to break solutions that they build themselves to build a better solution. And I think it's the fastest way to reach organic product market fit, to listen to clients closely and build fast, continuously iterating what's already delivered until their problems completely disappear. In this process, it gets a whole lot harder to miss the product market fit. And that's one of the main reasons we are so much loved by our clients. If a product has stopped reflecting the right needs on time, we believe the company's innovation has also stopped there. How could a product remain unchanged as market demands keep changing and their clients keep growing, right? Product teams are cross-functional units horizontally relocated for the same goal, and they work together during the whole process from product discovery to service delivery. Our product manager is assigned to each product team, and all the product teams work together to align their priorities to the com common goal, 
all their backlogs are managed by product owners, and all the issues found by POs are directly shared to each vertical team leader like backend, frontend, mobile, and sales, marketing. And we are uh, trying to restrict the number of product teams to less than four uh, squads each quarter to minimize cross-team dependencies with better collaboration, visibility, and transparency. To do so, we are adopting our own mixology uh, that comes from different software methodologies uh, like Waterfall, Agile, uh, Lean Startups, and Design Thinking. For instance, if you receive a um, very simple feature requirement with clear references from our potential client, it doesn't have to be built with agile-based multi-iteration sprints or design thinking cycles of multi-step user story mapping. We could go lean and straight with Waterfall to save resources and ship fast. This way, uh, each team can choose what methodology works best for them to find the right problem fast and quickly build and ship the product. That's right. really smart. Yeah. I mean, not, not all feature requests require the same methodology. I think that it's a very evolved process and shows, you know, high, a very high degree of maturity. That's that's amazing. I want to talk about partnership because I think the success of your company and a lot of SaaS companies really depends on partnership. And there's multi layers of this concept of, of partnership. Well, first and foremost, I mean, you've chosen to tightly integrate with Workspace, which is fantastic. It makes a lot of sense. But uh, you're also building on Google Cloud itself, on GCP itself. What made you choose, because you're a software company, you have options, many options, the best options available to anyone in the history of time, right? What made you choose Google as, as such an important partner for, for Swit? Uh, yeah, uh, actually, we've been using so many uh, cloud platforms so far. Uh, every single global cloud, uh, we have been using it. Uh, but uh, we love uh, Google Cloud the most. Uh, we use a lot of Google technologies in almost every sector of development and service delivery, providing more functions for better usability requires more complicated and heavier architecture for performance. So configuring and managing virtual machines uh, was really challenging to scale up our systems while handling occasional unexpected traffic surges or frequent updates. We've been updating our product for the last two and a half years more than 200 times. Eventually, we divide our yeah, monolithic architecture into 35 microservices when we released our official version in March 2019. And the migration to GKE took around only one month, and it turned out to be well worth the effort. Our systems became better able to offer higher scalability and enough resilience to keep this uptime, no matter what happened. Now we are operating 84 workloads in Kubernetes engines and 252 microservices with high stability with remarkably low downtime, less than 0.00001%. Amazing. Yeah, we're so fortunate that uh, we were able to engage with you you really make up a very special group of our SaaS Alliance partners that we get to not only uh, find and help initially, right, but also stay with and, and, and participate in your growth and feel like we're a part of your growth. And I know it's still very early days in the Alliance program, but how has that been for you with regards to, I guess the question is, is Google plus Sada together better? 
Yeah, actually, much better. Actually, the partnership uh, with Google, powered by SADA, uh, is one of the best choices I ever made. All the SADA teams uh, from technical size uh, to marketing size we are currently working with are very uh, fast to react. And with professional advice for technology, of course, and proactively support our needs from everything uh, to Google partnership management and to co-selling and co-marketing. And SADA is one of the top Google workspace resellers in the US, right? Uh, that helps a lot to build a strategy partnership for reselling, referring suite to SADA's existing Google workspace clients. We've just started now. And SADA is super dedicated to Google Cloud Platform and Google Workspace only. And the reason why this is so important to us is that getting familiar enough to solve any technical issues generated by clients with multiple cloud platforms is impossibly hard. And we learned that from our experiences. And looking at our own case, we are operating 84 clothes and more than 250 microservices for one single product in global regions. And at the same time, we are currently re-architecting our system for more traffic and building some new features using another new database spanner for global expansions. But SADA's technical and marketing teams, they are super nice and super uh, helpful for us. Um, they deeply involved in aligning our re-architecting uh, efforts to uh, GCP's future roadmap. How could this be possible without trust between Google and SADA? And how could this level of trust exist without SADA's focus and expertise on Google Cloud? This is why we so uh, we love so much the uh, Google partnership with SADA together. We appreciate that. Um, I agree. We agree. We deliberately made this choice ourselves, you know, two and a half years ago, because the objective was to become extremely intimately capable and knowledgeable on this platform, which by itself is, you know, thousands of SKUs that change all the time. So uh, I think just in your space, uh, in your software, you're really focused very specifically on solving a, a specific problem, right? You're not trying to build all tools that all companies will need. You're trying to solve a very specific thing. And we felt the same way about our partnership with um, Google. And I think if not for that, we couldn't be of the same level of service to our alliance partners and customers like Swift. But thank you so much for the kind words. It definitely is making me blush. I don't know if the camera shows that, but uh, I turned a little bit red. <laughs> so Josh, end of 2021, uh, company's been around four years or so, which is still very, very young, grown really fast. Uh, you're the founder and the CEO, co-founder and CEO. How do you define success for yourself and the and the company? And where do you think the next one or two years, um, if you achieve those things, you'll feel like you've really done the absolute best? Um, yeah, we have uh, three goals for next year, production, revenue, and globalization. Our task management function uh, was built for enterprise-wide adoption with scale, but every team has their own different workflows. So we are planning to release four plugins, approvals, project management, Agile, and OKR by the second quarter of the next year in three store so our users can customize suite to their own workflows this way. We could meet all the different requirements targeting much wider markets without having to make our easy-to-use current interface more complicated 
And as for the revenue, we released our product about 20 years ago, but we just started to monetize around seven months ago for we wanted to increase our market awareness and social presence before the market opportunity is closed. As you know, we position ourselves as a last mover in team collaboration. Fortunately, we are growing fast with our MRR increasing 1,230% for the last two quarters. We successfully found our product market fit, right? Our goal is to generate $30 million ALR by the end of the next year. And last, globalization. We are offering our service mostly in the US and Korea at the moment, but nine more languages will be added soon and local currencies for payment will be launched by second quarter uh, of the next year. In countries that use those languages as their mother tongue or official language. That's very wise. Yeah, no, it's uh, super exciting. I think, you know, 30 million can turn easily to 100 million within the next year or so. And then you're, I mean, uh, what an adventure. I mean, I love SaaS software companies. Uh, SaaS and ISVs in general make up our biggest uh, base of customers and fastest growing it's really exciting to uh, learn from you, to share this journey with you, and to serve you. And I uh, thank you for your partnership. And we will be by your side through this whole journey. And we will celebrate together every major milestone, hopefully in LA soon. You have the date. Yeah, my honor. Yeah. Thank you so much for being my guest and uh, for being our partner. And uh, I wish you much continued success. And thank you so much. It was really, really nice talking to you. I hope to see you soon in LA. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.